You're listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast, where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. I'm your host, Brandon, and Allison is still out with her baby, but we have episode 82 and two guests on today, the authors of The Heal Your Gut Cookbook. I have Hillary Boynton and Mary Brackett. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So, Hillary, you wrote this book, correct? Yes. And then, Mary, you took all the beautiful photos. I did. Okay, so we have a photographer and an author here tonight. I guess before we even get into the book, because the um, the subtitle is Nutrient-Dense Recipes for Intestinal Health Using the GAPS Diet. And you have fermentation in this book, but specifically, what is the GAPS Diet? So the GAPS Diet is a healing diet that is set to heal and seal a damaged gut to repopulate it with the proper bacteria to allow your body to digest food properly after having potentially years of misuse from the standard American diet and all the way from not being breastfed to too many vaccines. So we live in a very toxic world. Dr. Campbell McBride did this diet in order to help heal many of her patients, including her son who was suffering with autism. Okay. And so like uh, we talk on the show a little bit sometimes about the microbiome. And so it sounds like this is dealing with the the microbes in the gut and how to balance out a gut that's kind of messed up. Would that be a... Yes. Right. D- definitely. And so uh, as, as far as I understand, reading parts of this book, it sounds like you both have experiences with, with guts that weren't necessarily acting the way that you would want them to act. Hillary, could you go into what your experience and what drew you into a diet specific like this? Well, yeah. Looking back, I, I realize now how damaged my gut really was. And I think I, I had trouble conceiving. I had three years of infertility. I always had poor skin and digestive issues. And then when I had my, my fourth child, I have five kids. When I had my fourth child, he had severe eczema from head to toe from two months on. I was just scratching every night for two hours. And I tried everything I could to to heal him. And so it, it turns out that real food, I finally got him on raw milk and cod liver oil, and he was completely healed after trying, you know, all sorts of holistic things as well as conventional medicine. But now I've realized looking back, like what I passed on, you pass on your gut flora to your children at birth. And so I realized I, you know, my children were starting out with compromised gut flora to begin with. And especially this child was just suffering. So he needed to, we all needed to heal and seal our guts, I believe kind of started off into real food uh, that way. And then we have a daughter with epilepsy. And that was really when we kind of clinched the deal to head into gaps and try and uh, help her with that as well. Is there evidence or at least experiences of something even as serious as epilepsy being helped by the GAPS diet? We've had uh, an interesting experience with it. I think we we have epilepsy in the family. My husband's um, grandfather had it and his brother had it and now our daughter has it. So I think there was something that definitely switched on that gene in her, whether it was a vaccine or um, I'm not sure, you know, what, but um, she definitely triggered it. I think there's different things. She's definitely more on like a ketogenic diet. So she's with a GAPS kind of base. So she has all the good, healthy GAPS foods, but she stays really high fat um, and low, low carb. Different, I guess, levels of epilepsy, maybe. I mean, epilepsy is epilepsy, but there are ticks and Tourette's and all sorts of other um, neurological disorders that can um, be helped through GAPS. So it depends on, on, 
your type of epilepsy and the level of severity, I guess. But she certainly has been helped and able to get off one strong medicine, which is great. Well, I'd also like to hear uh, a bit of, of Mary of your story. But before we get into that, since you, uh, Hillary, you talked about a few restrictions. What are are there general restrictions with the GAPS diet, or is it more focusing on just kind of real food? No, you're definitely going to cut out things like all gluten, all all grains, basically, and um, and sugar. Uh, some people have to cut out dairy, like our daughter still cannot have dairy, but there is there is de- definitely dairy is allowed on the GAPS diet, fermented dairy or cultured dairy. Um, I'd say the big ones, cutting out all grains, you can add legumes in at a certain point, but they have to be properly prepared and soaked. But you're cutting out all processed foods, all junk, and you're going to real big time real foods and lots of good focus on animal fats and bone broths and fermented foods. Fermented foods are like a cornerstone of the diet. And also just to clarify, the way that GAPS works is in stages. And so as you progress, the, the first stage, you're, you're having very basic bone broth or meat stock, um, boiled meats, boiled veggies, and small amounts of fermented vegetable juice because you're taking out all the fiber because um, good bacteria and bad bacteria will both feed on those in the gut. And the purpose of this is to starve out the bad bacteria and then to begin to re-inoculate with good bacteria. So it's, it's, it's done in these stages and each stage can progress. You can progress through them quickly or slowly, depending upon the state of your own gut and, and your level of symptoms. Well, then what about for you, Mary, like for that, that progression for you, like what state was your gut in and and how (laughs) long did the stages take for you? So, um, my gut was, was terrible. I mean, uh, unbelievably bad. And I couldn't really progress beyond the third and fourth stage. And I was still having um, allergic reactions to a lot of foods. We've had to hit it a few different ways in in my case, simply because what was happening was was years, years and years and years of, of misuse and undiagnosed food sensitivities and allergies. Um, I was on antibiotics constantly as a child. I was the fifth child born in the family. I was born C-section, you know, at a time when I think my mother may have nursed me for the standard three months. I was a really, really sick kid and it was, it was tough going. So, so doing gaps on my level or for, for us and my family has been different simply because it was so difficult that I then I had to go in and get a functional medicine team to help me restabilize my gut and using, you know, some bigger supplements and things of that nature. So it it was a little bit tricky where I didn't use just the GAPS diet because I was in such a dire state. But I will say um, my family is going to be starting up doing the introduction diet once again this (laughs) fall. And you know, for people that are so far gone that need to be on stage one or two or three for 18 months or two years, it's, it's very difficult. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. And I'm happy to say that it's healing, but it's just, it's going to take a really long time. Now, when you're talking about these different stages, some of them sound a little bit more interesting than others. I mean, I guess even the first stage, I mean, taking shots of uh, fermented (laughs) 
pickle juice. I mean, that's not too bad, but at the same time, like, is this supposed to be like a diet diet, like a, like a, a boring diet or does it get exciting at the end? Oh, it gets super it gets, Yeah. It gets yeah. great at the end. I mean, that's what we hope to do is to inspire people that this is a, a diet that's not so super limiting. Like you can have beautiful and delicious and nutritious food. It's just, you just do have to start with the elimination diet. And even as you, you know, stage one, it's not like you're eating disgusting food. It's just, there's not that much. So you're eating, you're eating soup, maybe breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and you're just kind of getting through the first stages where you might experience die off where you're starving the little pesky little bad bacteria. And so some people can feel fatigued or throw up or have the runs or different things can happen as the body kind of rebalances and um and starves off the bad bacteria and then you start like mary said you start re-inoculating and putting in the good stuff but yeah it's meant to be it really is once you get to the full gaps it's much like a paleo diet and it's hopefully the the pictures will inspire people to show them that you can eat really delicious food and what what role for the the cookbook does do the fermented foods play i mean are they more condiments or are they actual things on their own i'd say there's more condiments i mean you you want to put like you want to certainly work your way up you don't want to start with a cup of fermented food or else you might have a big reaction to it we encourage people to start slowly especially in the beginning you start with the juice and then you build up to the actual veggies then i probably have like a couple tablespoons with each or maybe a little more with each meal um it really helps to make the you know helps to break down meats especially and it also helps digest everything more easily and enhances the nutrients and creates a really um an abundance of probiotics. I mean, because yeah, looking at the list of things, you've got things like beet kvass and fruit kvass and water uh, kefir. So you have a, f- a few drinks and then you go into salsas and carrots and sauerkraut and, and right. even, a, even a jam in there. So is that that fermented yeah. fig jam, is that stay lactic acid does it or does it go into alcohol fermentation with the fig i'm not sure about that but i don't think it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't taste boozy when you're no eating. no <laughs> okay. and i mean certainly if you let it sit and ferment and ferment then it would but we if if i do make that then it's gone pretty quickly <laughs> it's like it's so good with a piece of cheese or you know something as a little condiment but most of the things that you've mentioned i mean all the things in the book are pretty much as a condiment or a drink on the side, um, it's not going to be your staple of your meal. And were there any decisions? Because looking through the recipes too, it, it looked like they're 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 shorter ferments, so two days to one week for most of them. It seems is there any is there a a purpose behind that, or is it just kind of where you prefer taste wise, or like is it is it important for Gaps diet to only eat ferments when they're young, as opposed to say a sauerkraut that's been aged for six months in the in a basement? No, you can certainly let it go as long as you want. I think just for ease of you know getting people back in the kitchen and getting them making their own ferments, you don't want it to be too overwhelming, and you know people having their countertops filled with ferments all the time, which they are anyway, but just, you can certainly let it ferment as, as long as you want. Is it something with the, uh, because we're talking about like do it yourself things to make it home. And of course recipes in the book, but with the gaps diet is the approach really for people to be making these things at home? Uh, does it become challenging if a person doesn't want to make the, say the ferments themselves? No. I mean, we talk about that in the book that don't let making your own ferments deter you from doing the diet because there certainly are nowadays more and more ferments readily available at the grocery store. You just want to make sure that you're getting them from the refrigerator section uh, with just, you know, salt or starter culture, no vinegar at all. Um, and certainly not from the middle of the grocery store. If you cannot make them yourself, then you can buy them and you know, it's just, it's, it, they can be costly, most importantly. So if you, um, you know, like a jar of ginger carrots can be almost $8. So, and if you have a big family like mine, then you're going through stuff 
quite quickly. So it's very cheap and inexpensive to make your own ferments. Uh, definitely, especially something like you talk about carrots. I mean, the ginger carrots right. in there like sound delicious, and it's organic carrots even are really relatively super cheap compared to what you're talking right. about there. So it makes, right. a, it makes a lot of sense. And so do you find the people that you've interacted with or that you've learned from, I mean, are they generally fermenting things at home? I mean, are people getting involved in the process? Yeah. I mean, once people do it, once it's one of those things, even for me, like once I did it once, I'm like, oh, that was not bad at all. It's like just, you know, we've, we've been so removed from traditional preparation of foods and nobody unless you had a grandmother that was or a mother that was really into it and teaching you these things we just nobody learned this so it's it's really you know just kind of experimenting and you can't I mean I guess you can screw up but you can't really I mean it's it's super easy to do and once you do it once then you'll be like, oh that was really easy and I'm gonna try this now I'm gonna try that and um so it's just a matter of just kind of doing it. And and besides fermentation, what other kinds of uh, what's the what's the broad spectrum of recipes within the book? We go from um, you know we have meats and poultry and fish, and we have ferments, and we have veggies, we have desserts. Um, in the beginning, we have all the stages: uh, what you can eat in which stage, and and what you can't, and snacks. We have a lot of soup recipes. A lot of soup. <laughs> yep, soup is kind of the cornerstone. Bone broths. We go through extensively in the beginning on how to make kind of the the very important things essential to the gaps diet you know how to sprout your nuts how to make bone broths how to make fish broth and um how to make kefir and crackers and how to crack a young thai coconut how to ferment you know uh it's it's we really felt like that was we showed mary you know laid it out really nicely with photography so that it's really quite simple to follow. So um, I know if I just have to, I'm a visual learner. So if I have to just read something, then I get a little overwhelmed. So we try to lay it all out for people. Well, how much of a, a, a role, Mary, did you, did you play with the book? I mean, it's, it seems like it's a little bit more of a collaboration than say just an author and uh, a photographer. It seems like you're a little bit more involved. You had to part in the introduction as well. So you definitely seem involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, Hillary and I got together uh, years before this book, and, and she had started to teach me how to cook because I had no concept of how to cook. And it was actually in one of her cooking classes that I met a woman who was doing the GAPS diet, and that's when I learned about GAPS. And I started the GAPS before her family did. And so I was doing GAPS, and I was having all this trouble. And it was later when, when Hillary um, had started GAPS with her family that she finally agreed to do a cookbook with me because I had always wanted to work with her and, and do something together. And so we sat down and laid out what we wanted this book to be because we were both searching for this book when we were doing gaps and it, it didn't exist. And what I was looking for was a guide. You know, I wanted each of the stages laid out very clearly and I'm a visual learner as well. And so not having that I, I kept trying to create it when I was doing GAPS, but GAPS is a very intensive diet. Um, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, and it's not just something you decide to do. I mean, you're doing it because there's an issue and you need to resolve that issue. So it was born between the two of us looking for a beautiful, inspiring book that would have all the information, have great recipes, be laid out as a guide. And so, you know, together we created that and, and Hillary's amazing in the kitchen. So her recipes totally kick butt and I, I can't, you know, praise her enough on that. And, you know, together we created the book that, that we wanted. 
So it's definitely a labor of love between the two of us. And it sounds like you answered one question that I actually had too in regard to if someone isn't experiencing any kind of noticeable health issues, is is there anything in the GAPS diet that even just any everyday person might be interested in? Any aspect of it? Or is it really like you're talking about in, so intense that it's just not really worth doing unless someone has real incentive? The, the full GAPS diet, especially with the book that we've created, is very similar to paleo. And it's it's a whole foods diet. It's very nourishing. It includes the ferment. So you're getting this great bacteria that in traditional societies, that was a huge component of the diet. So in that regard, this the, the full gap section of the book is great for everybody. I would recommend it to anybody and everybody that, that wants to eat real whole food. Doing the introduction stages where you're eliminating everything and then slowly reincorporating various foods and seeing how your body reacts, that is the piece that if you do have bad bacteria in your system or you do have a damaged gut, that's when you're going to start to see healing taking place and you could go through a healing crisis or the Herxheimer reaction where lots and lots of toxins are being released into your system as those bacteria are dying and you can feel like you have the flu, you feel like you can't move. And so that, that's difficult for sure. I really don't know of very many people in modern day society that haven't been on a round of antibiotics or haven't been on birth control pills or, you know, the, the list goes on for the things that damage our guts or, or just being on a standard American diet. I mean, I know I grew up eating Cheetos and Doritos and all kinds of disgusting things that I pray to God my son will never want to try. But Lots and lots of people do. And so doing this diet is so vital to healing. And, and I really, I don't, I don't see anybody that wouldn't benefit from it. Yeah, I totally agree. It's so healing and it, and it is delicious. And it's not, it's not really torturous. I mean, especially if you are just experimenting and you, you get the cookbook and you love all the full gaps recipes and you're like, Hey, I want to go back now and just try a week on the intro and see how I feel. I mean, it's not going to hurt anybody. For sure. It's only right. going to benefit them, especially also people like trying to have children or getting preparing their bodies to have kids. I mean, I struggled for three years with infertility and it was like the most painful time in my life. And and I wish um, desperately that I had known then what I know now and I would have healed and sealed my gut before having children. And, and so for people that are young, if they can take control of their health now before starting a family, I, I highly recommend it. And I'm trying to think if there's a, uh, a tactful way, like if someone, like maybe someone's listening and they, they maybe think this would be a great gift for someone. Do you know any kind of like tactful way to do that, to give it to someone else when it's still a, like a specific diet? Like, hey, you have something wrong with you. You should really do this. I know. It is sort of a... Um, yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I guess you would just say, you know, this has been, this is a really delicious cookbook that, that I've enjoyed myself. But there's, so, you know, the more I've put it out there and put it on Facebook, more and more people have come to me just saying that it's like everybody has digestive issues. Everybody has some, everybody has something that they can... Deal with. So I don't think people would be too insulted, especially if you just say this is just a beautiful and very nourishing cookbook, um, you know, to to enjoy. And if if like we've said before, if they want to, and it's going back to traditional methods of preparing food. So it's like a, um, it's kind of like a very good uh, base knowledge to have, anyway. You know, skill so, building in the kitchen for someone yeah. that's trying to relearn this stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, for someone, anyone that may be listening that is 
like, yeah, I have those kind of issues and I've tried fermented foods or I've tried all these different things and I'm still like maybe at the place that they heard you describing at the beginning. Do you have any like closing words to inspire someone to want to go through that not necessarily enjoyable period of the beginning stages or different things? Like what, like anything to inspire someone to really get out there and make themselves feel better? Yeah. I mean, I would say there's nothing better than having your health and feeling good every day. So it really is a blip in your life that you have to go through. I mean, we were five days for each stage for my family. Some people have to hang out. I mean, I'm emailing with a friend of mine who's hanging out on, she has ulcerative colitis and she's kind of hanging out at stage two for the past three weeks. So, you know, it depends on the severity of your symptoms, but we were finished within five or six weeks, six weeks. So with the intro diet, and then it, it gets much, much better. And, you know, I have my boys, a lot of my boys didn't need, um, you know, they were about a year and a half or a little over a year and a half into it. And there, I haven't really introduced anything that's really non-gaps, but I haven't been a crazy psycho about every little tiny <laughs> tidbit of food that could sneak into them. Because it is difficult when you go out to eat. I must say you have to be kind of um, vigilant about asking what the ingredients are in your food when you go out, if you go out. So it sounds like maybe at first just don't go out. Yeah, don't go out at first. But once you hit full gaps, you know, you're still trying to avoid certain things like GMOs and processed vegetable oils and sugar and all that stuff. And and you would be amazed at what goes into even the nicest restaurants put a lot of junk in their food, you know, or they're cooking with canola oil, a lot of them. So you just have to kind of be your own detective. But I would say for sure, be inspired and jump in and try it out. They have nothing to lose. And it's it's a blip, really, if you look at it as as changing your life and feeling good every day and, and the lives of your children. And, and I'll follow up with that. If you are a person that has a damaged gut and you're suffering with depression and anxiety, there is... It's a new world when you're able to get out of that haze. You will get out of that haze if you can heal, if you can stick it out and you heal. And it's really, really, really amazing. So for for anybody that does want to try it, I say wholeheartedly go for it. And just you have to really be strong. You have to reach out. You have to be honest with the people around you in that to say, this is the diet that I'm doing. Please support me because, you know, you can get some pushback. People are very strong in their opinions about food. And and if you're doing something different, sometimes people have a hard time with change. But it, it's really important to take your health into your own hands and this is a tool that will allow you to do that. Well, and one other thing I would add, too, is if you are suffering with depression or, or something really severe and this seems really overwhelming and daunting to you, in our resource section, we have a lot of great resources where you can get bone broths that are made. You can get ferments that are made. You can buy a lot of – I mean, you still do have to spend time in the kitchen, but you can ease your way into it. And so it's not so daunting in the beginning. And then when that fog lifts, you know, you'll feel more like getting in – to the kitchen more and more every day. Well, where should people go? The book is out. Where should people go to, to find it or find out more about it? Well, if you can support your local bookstores, that would be great, obviously. But, um, you know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Yeah, the biggest ones are Barnes & Noble and Amazon. We hope to be selling it at some point in the not-so-distant future. But you'll have to check out the big guys for now. And we'll be at a lot of different events. Hopefully you'll see us at all kinds of different events actually around the country this coming year. So uh, the Northeast Organic Farming Association, there'll be a number of different conferences through them. 
the Weston Price Foundation will be speaking and signing books at the regional conference in Mass, as well as the national conference in Indiana this year. And we'll be trying to get out to the Mother Earth News festivals next year, as well as some paleo forums. So, so we'll be out and about the Acres Conference in Columbus, Ohio this December. If anybody has any um, ideas or knows any you know, great venues where they, they would like to have us, we're, we're happy to go when we can, you know, do speaking engagements or book signings, whatever. So if people out there um, see a need or a niche where they think this belongs, then let us know. And is there any good uh, location, social media-wise, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere that people can find you announcing when you're going to be at events or where they could contact you if they have an event you should be at? The, the biggest one that we have right now is a Facebook page, and it's the Heal Your Gut Cookbook. So you can find us on there. Um, and I'm sure, hopefully in the near future, we'll have some more things to to put out, but that's where you can find us now. Excellent. Well, thanks for sharing and thanks for joining on the show. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate it. And I'll have all of those links in the show notes as well. So people easily be able to find those and you'll find those at firmup.com slash podcast slash 82. And then also, if you want to get in contact uh, with us at podcast at firmup, Twitter at firmup, Facebook at firmup or anywhere else at firmup. And until next time, firm up.